Hello and welcome back. Coming up, winners, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Kind of enjoying these NBA playoffs. Joined, as always, by my main man, Andrew Lynch. Lynch Mob, uh, NBA playoffs, are you enjoying them? Yeah, man. Listen, if you love three-point shooting and you love teams scheming like it's the NFL, that's the thing that really hit me this week. The NBA playoffs is the closest that basketball will ever come to football into the NFL, right? Because during the regular season, you just don't have time to lock in on these matchups, really exploit you know, where you might have an advantage. But in the playoffs, that's all that really matters. Mm. You come in, you come in with your scouting report, you come in with your scheme, and if you get an advantage or a mismatch, you attack that over and over and over again, similar to the way that NFL teams approach week in, week out. So... I've really enjoyed that part of it. The the mental chess aspect is so much of a bigger impact in the playoffs than it is in the regular season in the NBA. It's weird. You 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 say a good point about over and over and I the Houston Rockets are one of the best stories of the NBA playoffs so far. Lynch, I kind of find that offense a little pedantic. They're doing the same friggin' thing over and over. Every time down the court. James Harden. All right, Capella, come set the screen. Everybody else get to the three point line. And I find it boring, and I tweeted that out, and all these people are like, oh, no, come on, the Rockets are great. I don't find the same thing, pick and roll 80% of the time by the Rockets, that exciting. Yeah, I'll buy that. I I think there's such this pushback online and with NBA media personalities, and I will include myself in that in previous years when I used to write about the NBA. You hear someone who maybe played in the 70s or the 80s or even the early 90s, they'll talk about, Oh, you know, the three-point shot is ruining the NBA. And we all go, no, no, it's made the NBA so much better. It has made it a little more predictable. And listen, if you are someone who likes the old style of NBA play, getting to the rim, guys, you know, fighting for position, you're not getting that in the modern NBA. So I'll totally buy that. I love it personally. I love watching a crowd react to the three-point shot. But be it on home or on the road, when a crowd explodes because you made one or a crowd goes silent because you've nailed a dagger, either way, Mm. I love it, but I I understand where you're coming from. So I've been on Lock It In this week filling in for Sal, and uh, I had a good start to the week. Monday and Tuesday hit my big bets. I'm leading. I'm all confident. Giving out DJ Augustine over-unders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting a little cute. And then Wednesday, I I looked at the lineup. I said, I don't like any of these games. Uh, Big numbers, three big favorites. And I just kind of panicked and I said, listen, you got to be, as Lynch loves to say on the podcast, discipline, bankroll. So I bet small. I went 0 for 4. Listen, uh, this gambling, listen, uh, Lynch, I'll add this. Being on TV and making picks is different than real life. Because as Conrad likes to say, hey, sometimes you just walk away. I don't like anything on the board. I'm not betting it. I'll go watch a movie. Uh, I'll go hang with my kids. I'll go shoot baskets. I'm not going to bet. But on the show, you have to come up with four bets. And last night it was an 0 for 4. I do feel like really confident about Thursday's games, which we will dive into now. Should we just go in order of when they are tipping off? That is is the most logical thing I've ever heard. Let's go. Let's get started. The Philadelphia 76ers travel to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm seeing Nets three and a half point underdogs. It opened at two and a half. It's been bet up a little bit. Some jaw jacking between Ben Simmons and my man, Jared Dudley. Yes, sir. I uh, was texting with Jared Dudley this week. Uh, I know him well from, he's been here really? on this one. Yeah. Comes tell on the Jared radio show. he is one of my top five favorite players of all time. He, he, listen, that guy's either going to feature in a front office. Uh, he's going to be a TV guy, I think. But it's interesting. I see three and a half and um, 
Lynch, I kind of like the Brooklyn Nets here. Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. I like them enough to bet them. How much? Full uh, unit? Half unit? Yeah, I would go a full unit on the Brooklyn Nets, and I'll take a half unit on the money line. Um, I, I got to say, first six quarters of this series, Nets were the better team. Right? They owned Absolutely. The, owned the first game, and at halftime, it was a one-point game. And then... I think the young Nets, right, their four best players are about 27 or younger, just were like, oh, we won the first game. We're not going to try as hard in defense, and the Sixers are up for 51 in the quarter. Couple numbers for you, okay? Guess who the second worst NBA against the spread road record was? Guess who had it? I'm going to guess the 76ers. Indeed. Hooray! 17 and 24 against the spread on the road. Now, you say, well, Jason, they're just going two hours north to Brooklyn. Not a big travel thing. Okay, fair enough. Let me look at the first two games. Did you notice Joel Embiid played a grand total of 24 minutes in the first game and 21 minutes in the second game, which was a blowout? If this game is close in the fourth, Joel Embiid coming off the injury. Don't know if he's been 100%. Is he going to be dropping 35 minutes tonight? Is he ready for that? I, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm pretty strongly on Philly here. I, I think the Sixers come out. I think Jimmy Butler comes out and says, no, I'm taking this series over, guys. This is We're taking this 2-1 lead. But that's all really compelling to me, and especially given that this line has moved from Nets 2.5-point uh, dogs to 3.5. If that ticks to 4, I'm certainly going to wait until tip on this. But again, if that tips to or ticks up to 4, I might make a Brooklyn play myself. That gives you a nice meaty middle. I really think so. Conrad, you look like you're chomping at the bit. Champing. Champing, yes. I was going to reference Billions, but you beat me to it. Oh, is that uh, in Billions? Good, good on great, Billions. Great line in Billions about chomping versus champing. And then, yeah, anyways. No, in this case, I, I would say I do like the 76ers laying the three and the half. In this case, D'Angelo Russell is the best player on the, on the Brooklyn Nets. And D'Angelo, the first two games, has been, I would say, lackluster. In game one, he sat there with 26 points and he had what? 25 shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, literally on 25 shots, 26 points. He only had four assists. He's averaging seven and a half assists a game. People forget that he went to high school with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. He has came on record to say Ben Simmons knows his game about as well as anybody, and Ben Simmons lines up directly with him. It's hard to shoot over six 10-point guards. And in this case, I think Ben Simmons is going to manhandle him on the block, and this is what he's going to want to do with the game. Take it over in that way. Joel Embiid, I'm not worried about the 25 minutes a game. He's still averaging 28 points a game and 14 rebounds. He's absolutely dominating when he is in the game. And when you have, what, uh, Jared Allen? Young Jared Allen took an elbow in the chops. And I know he's mad coming into this game. he's going to come back strong. But in this game, I I think the 76ers are going to put their foot on the gas pedal. They're going to win them with the series 4-1. Apparently, Brett Brown had some rousing halftime speech, got very angry, fired up the troops. Uh, Let me see what other notes I have on this game. Nothing too in-depth here. Uh, I guess, you know, the Sixers scored 80 points in the second half. Of that game. Do, I, I just feel like regression is going to be coming. Uh, give me the Nets plus three and a half. All right, let's move on to the second game. San Antonio Spurs. Oh, boy. They're home to the Denver Nuggets. The obvious stuff jumps out here, right? Spurs tied for the third best home record in the NBA. Nuggets under 500 on the road. And listen, if I said the Nets won the first six quarters, basically, of that series, uh, you could say the Spurs... Uh, won the first seven, seven. of yeah. this. I mean, really, uh, outside of uh, uh, Jamal Murray, that was you know how crazy it was. He was zero for eight to start the game, and then went eight for eight to start the fourth quarter. Like that's a it's bit... almost like a hail mary. It yeah, really it was, was, it was a Jamal crazy. Murray hail mary. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know where it came from. Uh, Murray was hitting some Steph Curry type shots. 
I don't know, folks. I, I really loved the Spurs at two and a half when it opened. But now I'm seeing Lynch four, four and a half. Four and a half, yes, sir. That's a big number for a team that shoots a lot of threes. Uh, we know the Nuggets can get back in quickly. What if the hotness from the fourth quarter carries over? Is hotness a thing? It is now. The hot hand theory? <laughs> it always is with you, J-Mac. Um, I would, listen, this to me comes down to Greg Popovich. And that's a very obvious thing to say, but I think what got overlooked in that Denver comeback in game two was the way that the Nuggets uh, adjusted their defense and were trapping DeMar DeRozan above the three-point line and really threw a wrench into San Antonio's offensive game plan. Against any other team and any other coach, I might think the Nuggets have a decided advantage there, that they found something that worked. I have every confidence that Greg Popovich is going to watch the film and go, oh, okay, that's an interesting little wrinkle. Here's how I'm going to exploit it. Yeah, Rudy Gay had a very good game one, game two, two of nine. Because when they, as you said, trapped DeRozan, who had a great game, he had 31. Somebody's got to make shots. Bryn Forbes, Mr. Michigan State, are you going to step up? Aldridge kind of had a tough game. Uh, I, I, like the, I like the Spurs here big time. Now, let me ask you guys this. So, favorites on Wednesday night went 3-0 and covering. Clay Travis is doing a victory lap here on Lock It In. He had all the favorites, Moneyline parlayed. They covered. Now, the Celtics got super-duper <laughs> lucky. But I'm, I'm wondering, psychologically, for the gambling public listening to this podcast, oh, favorites are dominating. You guys both like the Sixers. I'm assuming you like the Spurs here. Are we headed toward another night where everybody bets the favorites? But you know regression is a beautiful thing. Certainly a possibility, and especially as these lines move. I mean, the thing is, when you look back at the historical data, you know which lines tend to be the most accurate? Opening lines. Mm. So when you see that much movement, yeah, a lot of the time you the, the books are essentially creating value for you. Um, that said, I think there's a really interesting trend with favorites in the NBA playoffs that the Action Network has uh, written about this week. We're going to get to that when we talk about the Friday games. Okay. Let's go All to right. Warriors Clippers. Yeah, one, one other note here uh, real quick on this Spurs game. So I've been doing a lot of reading on the Nuggets, and Will, Ooh, Barton, I read. Will Barton really struggled in game two. Uh, I think he was like you know one out of eight on threes or 0 for 7 something. Crowd was booing him, and they were, I mean, they were down 19. They're calling for the young kid, Malik, uh, I think it's Malik Beasley, Malik, yeah, Malik Beasley out of FSU, right? If you're Will Barton struggling, 7 out of 25, 1 for 11 from 3, and you come out with an 0 for 4, does Malone look to the bench and say, let's give Beasley a shot, we're down 10? And here's why I bring that up. I looked at the Will Barton prop over under 11.5 points. Is that just too obscure, or is it too great for this? Uh, 11 and a half. remember, Spurs defense at home, very good. Will Barton getting 11 and a half. I don't, any thoughts on that one, guys? Are you using us as a focus group to see if that's a bet you should give out on Lock It In? Uh, I may or may not have already posted that on the Lock It In email. There we go. Uh, or I may have backed out of it like a big wuss. No, quick question for both of you, though. Is this the best first-round series that's not on television in the NBA right now? <laughs> it blows my mind that this Wait, game— well, is, is this NBA TV? It's NBA TV. Both mm. games have been NBA TV. Yeah, well, there's small markets. I mean, uh, But other pound th for pound, this might be the yeah, best first-round series. It is. Yeah. All right. So, what, uh, quick thoughts. Will Barton over under 11.5 points? Under, because I think that Spurs defense comes out and makes this a game that's not really that close. I can, I'd agree with that. All right, so just for the record, are we all on the Spurs at 4.5? It's a big number, guys. I'm honestly, t I'm, I'm going to take Denver in this game. I think that Jamal Murray is starting to get it going. I think he found, I know he was hitting a lot of hard shots the other night, mm -hmm. but I think Jokic is going to get more involved. I think the offense is going to be flowing a little bit better. I think they can cover that okay. four and a half. All this right. is another one where 
if you if I were going on television and had to give out a bet, I would give Spurs at four and a half. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in pocket, wait to see if this one ticks up to five, and then I'd probably yeah, I'd jump on Denver totally if this moves agree. three points. Uh and the game of the night, Warriors Clippers. Uh I will be in attendance at Staples. Very excited to uh see the Warriors up close and personal. They blew a 31-point lead. I mean, we don't need to go too deep into what happened. I thought Kevin Durant's interview yesterday has been maybe the second most interesting thing of the NBA playoffs so far. Uh, of yeah. course, the comeback by the Clippers was the first. Kevin Durant. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. And then he looked around. It was just so good, dude. It was awesome. It was like a boxer. Uh, I mean, you guys know I'm in the tank for Duran. No big deal. Um, I was going to say it was like a WWE superstar w- cutting a promo, but yes, boxer works yeah, too. Cut that promo. But, cut the, that but promo. the analytic brain of him knowing that he'd only shoot 43% that if he was took the all best those shots. Part, right? That's Absolutely. amazing. Uh, it seems like the general public loves, loves, loves the Warriors. Here. Oh, you think? Uh, 84% woo! of the tickets, 93% of the money, according so, to the Action Network. And now to, uh, and that looks like, according to Action Network, 5,400 bets have been made. 93% of the money is on the Warriors. Uh, folks, when you see this during NFL season, we talked about it. If I see this, 93% of the money on one side, NFL, I'm going the other way. I just don't know if it applies, Lynch to the NBA the way it does the NFL because this is ticked up from seven to eight and a half. No DeMarcus Cousins. I don't think that's a huge deal, right? I don't they either. Just trot Isn't out that crazy? Lineup. That is crazy. Easier. We're talking about a yeah. top three center in the NBA when he's healthy, not being a big deal. He's out. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I mean <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Andre Iguodala is a bigger factor for the champion, or the Warriors' championship aspirations yeah, and than I would DeMarcus agree. Cousins. And just, uh, I don't want to get too off track here, but when I keep talking about I'd take Simmons over Embiid, it comes back to stuff like this. You can't build around a center now. The pace and space, Rockets, Warriors, I'm telling you, they're going to be fine. I disagree, without, but that's a conversation no, yeah, for another day. We will save that for the next one. So, two quick notes here. Um, Steve Kerr, as a road favorite of six or more in the playoffs with the Warriors, um, nine and zero against the spread. Going to be ten and zero. The Warriors are eleven and four against the spread in the playoffs under Kerr after a loss. Um, Going to be twelve and four. It, it, so you're saying the, the, the Warriors are your lock of the night? Absolutely. To cover. I and here's the thing though. I think everyone's expecting KD to come out and have this huge game. I think the Clippers are probably expecting that as well. I think Steph's going to go off. I think that the fact that they can, assuming the Warrior or the Clippers continue this top lock defense that you know is all the rage now. And they are locked in on KD. I am very much expecting a big game yeah. from Steph. You mentioned Popovich as a great bounce back coach. Uh, I think Kerr might do a good job tonight versus that. Can I just call it the pop and lock defense? Because that's one of my favorite dance moves of the 80s that I could not execute. You can do anything um, you want. It, it's a situation where the Clippers are going to be feeding off you know, some some home energy here. I mean, tickets are, are cheap to get in uh, to this game. How many Lakers fans going to be there just to uh, taste the playoffs? Oh, boy. That is, that's a below-the-belt shot right Bring there. Bring it! Um, I don't know. For some reason, I want to put... Uh, a, a, a quarter unit on the on the Clippers money line here. Talk me out of it, Conrad. I can't because this is a bloodbath. I think that honestly Golden State is going to come out and say, oh, you guys thought that this is all funny and jokes and games. 31-point lead, blew it. And then you, for the last two or three days, you've heard the 3-1 jokes lining up with a 31-point loss. I'm telling you, Golden State has this stuff in their head. They're going to come out. They're going to kill them. I would say this is going to be a 15-point game. I do think if you're going to bet the Clippers, I like betting the money line. Yeah, if blowout or Clippers win. I don't like betting the Clippers in totality, but if you're going to do it, you know, I'd I'd say take the money. First seven quarters of the series, the Warriors were utterly dominant. Nothing close. And then a meltdown. I I just want to quickly point out Steve Kerr played 
Steph Curry, three minutes in the third quarter, up big. And with Cousins hurt, it seemed like the rotations were off. Curry sat for a while, comes back in, missed like three shots. They weren't going to Duran, who had nine turnovers and eight assists. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. So are you looking at over props for Kevin Durant tonight, Conrad? What's the over-under? I, I think I saw 26 and a half points. Yeah, I would lay the over on those, on those points all day. I, I, I really do believe, I know Lynch just brought it up a second ago, how he thinks that Steph Curry is going to have a big night. I think for KD, this is a situation where him and Steve Kerr had different words as far as what they wanted in the game plan. And I think Steve Kerr's game plan is going to end up going through. My quick theory, which I will float to Chris Broussard here on our little debate, which we're going to record soon. Uh, I think Kevin Durant is really testing the Warriors. How much do you need me? Okay. All this. Oh, the Warriors will go back to how they were when Durant leaves for the Knicks. I don't necessarily think that's true, guys. I don't think it's that easy to just remove Kevin Durant. Who are you bringing in? You're not getting Tobias Harris. You know, you're not getting some awesome wing. Like, Kevin Durant, the loss of him is going to be big. That's a 50-win team, not a 60-65 win team. So look at these Durant numbers. Before the All-Star break, 18.8 shots per game. After the All-Star break, 14.7. This is even bigger. Before the All-Star break, 7.1 free throws per game. Attacking. After the All-Star break, 4.9 free throws. He's just become a passive, almost a bystander. But, it make, but they've also had to integrate DeMarcus Cousins, which clogs up the lane, takes away KD's driving lanes, and takes away shots. And Kevin Durant, when you say, hey, well, okay, we're going to incorporate Cousins, great, fine. Uh, you want to make Curry the MVP because I've won the two finals MVPs? Go for it. And you guys think you don't need me. Let's see. I think I, I like Conrad's theory of Durant coming out and taking over. After the All-Star break, only 21 points per game versus 27 before. Um... I, I I actually believe there's a chance Kevin Durant signs with the Warriors for a one plus one if they say to him, we need you. They said that three years ago when they recruited him in the Hamptons. And now there's this narrative. They don't need him. That's, I almost said a bad word. That's garbage. They need Kevin Durant. And, you know, guys, I don't want to look too far ahead. We'll get to Friday's games in a sec. How you feeling Warriors Rockets right now? Have you looked at a series price? I got to say, Rockets are murdering the Jazz, who a week ago on this podcast, I said, oh, I like the Jazz. The Jazz are getting humiliated. I'm getting deep pants. Yep. I will be not cashing that bet on the Jazz to win the series. No, but to to go back to the whole Kevin Durant point, though, too, talking about his lack of shots, I'm telling you, these guys are all friends. DeMarcus Cousins came off injury in the second half of the season. They're trying to get him a big contract, and that's why I think they were giving up shots. They were trying to let him get integrated to show, hey— this guy deserves a max wherever he goes next year to make sure everybody eats. Not one wolf eats, the whole pack eats. Clippers money line, plus 330. Yeah, give me a quarter unit on that. It's 25 bucks, plus 330. Somebody do the math. Quickly, um, <laughs> so Conrad, your thoughts, and then Lynch, you're next. After two playoff games, and you don't want to overreact, Warriors Rockets, where's your lean? Uh, how many games? Uh, my lean is still to the Warriors until uh, CP3 can stay healthy through an entire playoffs and can prove that he is the legitimate second person to James Harden because the Warriors will stop James Harden at some point. James Harden <laughs> will have a game that's like two for 11 from three and they will get beat by 20 points. We haven't seen Houston go to the Jazz yet, which is one of the hardest places to play. The Jazz are going to win one game. They in, better at home. win. Because if, if the if Rockets get like three or four days rest leading into the uh, Warriors series, I- I'm going to be upset. You guys know I'm a warrior. I like watching the Warriors. Lynch, what does the NBA do if LeBron's out of the playoffs, he's not playing, and the Warriors lose in the second round? 
Oh my gosh! I think the, I think the NBA would be full back. Yeah, I think you lean. It in, would be what? It'd be, be back. Yeah, you lean into Giannis versus James Harden. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Do you wait? Do you guys? I open by saying I don't love watching Harden. Do you guys like watching the Rockets? I love watching oh, James Harden. Oh my goodness! I think James okay. Harden might be the most special, unique offensive talent the NBA has ever seen. I have come around on James Harden. I have written in the past that wow. he bores me to tears, but I really I've come to appreciate his game. And just like his crossover, he lulls you to sleep and then he takes your soul. They have beaten I'm a the ginger, Jazz. I don't have a soul, but <laughs> by 32 plus 20, 52 points into. So, are you on Rockets or are you still Warriors? Dubs in seven. Oh boy. It's hard All to right. go. You can't go against the Warriors, right? Let's go to Friday's games quickly. The Amway Center will be rocking. No, it won't. Orlando four four and a half point home underdogs to Toronto. All the money. And the bets on Toronto so far, Lynch. I'm assuming you're riding the Kawhi Leonard train. Absolutely. Let's go. Conrad, any thoughts? <laughs> Toronto, Atlanta. I mean, Orlando shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Give me Toronto. Now, real quick, before we get into these next two games, there's, I teased it a little bit just a few minutes ago. There's an interesting trend in the NBA playoffs uh, as researched by the Action Network. Bet unpopular favorites. Favorites getting less than 50% of the bets have covered at about a 50 54% rate in the NBA playoffs, which would be just profitable given those particular lines. Okay. Favorites getting fewer, getting less than 45% of the bets cover at a 57% rate, and favorites getting less than 40% of the bets cover at 60.9%. Huh. The Indiana nice. Pacers, three-point favorites. So far, and these are this is a very small sample size, Ooh. 15% of the bets. I do the love Oklahoma that. City Thunder, seven-and-a-half-point favorites, only 30% of the bets yeah. so far. Yeah, now th those are two uh, favorites that I do like Friday. I I'm, I'm still hesitant on Toronto. Uh, forced to make a pick now, I would take the Raptors at four-and-a-half. Uh, but I definitely like the Pacers. Fr I'm telling you right now, Friday on Lock It In, I'll be putting $500 on the Indiana Pacers. Sheesh. Uh, well, I might be playing catch-up. We'll see how tonight goes. But I like the Pacers' faux show. Who's going to give you buckets in the fourth quarter for the Pacers? Because they've yet to find that guy in the first Bojan Bogdanovic, the uh. Serbian plumber. Uh, I like the Pacers by three over the Celtics. Again, Celtics, listen, first half in game one, they were beaten. They were down five. Uh, and, and, of course, they struggled for much of the game last night against the Pacers outside of a late, crazy comeback. Again, Boston looking good, but going on the road here, no Marcus Smart. I, I will take the Pacers Friday night. Uh, wherever they play, that barn in Indy. Uh, and finally, Portland goes to OKC up 2-0. A lot of heat on Russell Westbrook. Uh, I don't think I'm leading the charge, but I have been bashing him a lot. Um, I'm going to be on whatever Russell Westbrook over props there are and OKC at 7.5. Yeah, I, I would take OKC 7.5 here. I actually am going to go against the trend and take Boston in that other Ooh. game. Um, yeah, I think all day. similar to... To KD, not that I think, not that obviously that the Celtics lost. They won game two, but I think Kyrie is going to come in and go, that's a little too close for comfort, and take over in the fourth quarter and be that game seven finals Kyrie we've seen a before. And then Portland OKC? Oh, man. that I I would stay away at this point. Um, I would take Portland. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, seven and a half points. What about like, the it's theory such a huge that uh, role players... Jeremy Grant, totally by that. Uh, Schroeder, all those guys at home play better. No, 100%. Uh, they the, can't data make threes. Is, the data is there. They're shooting um, 16%. But it's, seven and a, but it's seven and a half points. It's a lot of points. But I would take Portland in that as well, just for the fact of the matter that if Paul George was healthy and he didn't yep. have shoulder issues, yep. I would say, yeah, give me OKC all day. But Paul George is legitimately hurt. Huh. His game has changed. I forget who it was and which network it was on. I apologize. 
this, but there was a former NBA player. Oh, it's Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady was T-Mac. saying that he had a torn labrum and that he's pretty sure that that's what Paul George has. Ooh. And for three months, he couldn't lift his arm to the point that his elbow was above his shoulder. Like, he just couldn't get past that. How are you supposed to reach to, to try to block shots or to try to get deflections or to try to get rebounds? It's really, really difficult. Cortisone's a hell of a drug, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as Steven Jackson said on one of our shows yesterday, it doesn't matter if you're hurt or not. If you're on the court, people expect for you to play yeah, to the caliber of player that you are. All right, so a lot of agreement for Thursday's games. Not as much agreement on Friday. Uh, next week, folks, NFL Draft is Thursday. We will be coming on probably Wednesday to do NFL draft props we didn't touch on the nfl season schedule i guess we could do some of that next week chiefs minus five and a half at the jaguars let's go week one uh yeah let me give out my week one real quick carolina panthers at home getting three uh i've already financially invested in it um the theory is quickly being teams that make the playoffs are overvalued against teams that miss the playoffs i've done the homework folks all right anyways we got to wrap this up For producer Conrad, Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening to Coming Up Winners. We'll see you next week.